Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. Welcome once again to our online service. It's so great to be with you this morning. Um, and I'm really expecting to just see what God is going to do this morning. Uh, before I continue with the message, I just want to emphasize the men's ministry sign-up. Please, men, this event is just for you. It is really a time for men to encounter God and, and be together um, with one another, just learning from one another. So please make sure to sign up. If you don't sign up, if you don't register, there will be no seat. So it's really important for you to sign up so that we can cater for you as well for that event. Amen. So this morning, it's a very special um, uh, Sunday. Uh, it's a very special Sunday in that as we're here on our online service, we actually have our Bible school graduates uh, that are graduating today at the main church hall. So we really just want to celebrate with those guys and just congratulate them. It hasn't been an easy year for them this year, looking at all the irregularities that came with the year but we are so grateful that they could finish strong and we're excited to see what God is going to do in their lives. At the same time, we're also celebrating the guys that did the end program or our gap year, uh, volunteer, volunteering uh, to just serve the church and, and just be part of what the church is doing and learn at the same time who we are and, and what we're about. So we also celebrate those guys. Awesome. So this morning, given the nature of this of the Sunday, we're not going to continue with the series we started last week on 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 grace, um, faith, and law. But uh, we we're going to continue that next week again. Pastor Chris is going to continue with that part two next week. This morning's message uh, is entitled "Tried and Tested," and we're going to look at trials and tribulations in the life of a believer. We're going to look at how um, Christians deal with trials, if trials are for us, just to have an understanding of this. Because the, the truth of the matter is just because we're saved and, and we've given our lives to Jesus, it doesn't mean that we're exempt from facing hardships in this life. Sometimes people come to God with all different reasons. And, and, and when they don't see a life planning out the way they were expecting, they can end up being disappointed or disillusioned because they didn't think that, that there will be any um, hardships coming their way or suffering coming their way. So this message is really to look at how do we handle trials and tribulation in our lives? And, 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 and what is it that God has to say about it? So before we dive in, I just want us to open up in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are God over this word, Lord. Your word is living and active. You want to minister to every single person that is listening this morning. Therefore, we pray, Lord, that you will impart your heart. You will impart your strength. You will, you will bring revelation to every single person that is listening today, oh, Father God, where trials and tribulation are, are, are concerned in our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for that. Amen. Amen. James 1, verse 2 to 4, which is our key scripture, reads as follows. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This passage is so interesting because here James is actually saying, consider it pure joy, 
when you encounter trials. He doesn't say if you encounter trials. So it, it, it's just letting us know that when it comes to trials in our lives as Christians, it is not a matter of if, but it's just, it's a matter of when. <laughs> so even if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, oh, but my life being a, a Christian with Jesus has just been so great so far. I haven't encountered any hardships or anything like that. It doesn't mean it's not going to come. It's just a matter of when it's going to come. Okay. And, and, and it's really clear, clearly laid out in the scripture that trials will come. And when they come, we need to be prepared. We need to know how to handle them. We need to, to really understand them the way God wants us to understand them and not necessarily the way the world sees them or the way you and I may see them, but we need to see them God's way. So um, in, in, in the book of Peter, Peter actually, he, he, he has a, a very interesting way of putting it. He says, don't see it as something peculiar or something strange when you when when fiery trials come your way to test to test you so it's not a strange thing that's happening it's it's almost something that we should be expecting in our lives because they are a part of life so it's not about the trial but it's about how i go through the trial and um yeah it's about how i go through the trial and how I allow God to carry me through this, through this trial. So our anointing as Christians, it doesn't matter the most anointed person in the world is going to experience some sort of hardship uh, in their life or some sort of suffering, some sort of trial, some sort of um, thing that will just happen that they didn't expect. You know, life happens. So uh, our anointing does not exempt us from this. Uh, the call that we may have on our lives will not exempt us from trials. The amount of times we pray and we fast will not exempt us from going through hardships in our lives. It is expected in one way or another that we will face real life issues that we're going to need to deal with and that we're going to need to know how to overcome in our lives. So the, the important thing is when we read the scripture, there, there, there's so much wealth that comes just out of the short passage that James has given us. And the first thing that we learn here in this passage is that the first thing is that our attitude will determine our altitude. So we need to have the right attitude, basically. The attitude in which we enter a trial or we keep within a trial is so important. You know, it's human nature that when trials or trouble or suffering or just something unexpected that is, that is not great comes their way, it is human nature to act in a, in a certain way. And that's the way of anxiety or fear, um, uh, depression and all these other, other things. But here we see clearly that we are to respond with joy. We are to respond with joy. Now, when we look at this definition of a trial, in the Merriam-Webster um, definition, there were a number of definitions, but I wanted to choose the one that is closest to the spiritual uh, or meaning of a trial. And it says that it is a test of faith, patience, or stamina through subjection to suffering or temptation. So it's when we encounter time where we are really faced with um, afflictions and, and, and hardships and suffering, things that, that we were not necessarily prepared for or we didn't think that we will encounter. So we need to keep the right attitude 
when we encounter trials. You know, when we are going, no, no, no person, when they're part of the race, ever thinks when they're starting off that, oh my goodness, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose this race. You know, when you're running, what's in your mind is, I wanna win. Okay, so you want to win, you want to overcome, you want to be successful, you want to make it. And when we face trials, that is the attitude we should have. We should actually have an attitude of a winner. We should have God's perspective. And, and, and we, when we have God's perspective on things, it will always result in a positive response. And hence, uh, James is saying that we must consider it pure joy. We must have joy in it. We must, we, 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 we mustn't become, um, depressed or weary in the situation, but we must be full of joy. Not that we're thinking, not that we're grateful that we're going through a trial, but because we know of what lies on the other side of the trial. We know that we belong to God and as God's children, he is an overcomer. This thing has not taken him by surprise. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. As long as you see it as opposition, as long as you see it as something that, 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 that is really making you suffer, it is not something that has caught God, God off God. And as a result, we can stay stable in it because we know whose we are and we know who is inside of us. Okay. And, 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 and as we're in this place, we know that for a fact, according to the promises of God, that nothing can thwart the plans of God. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Everything that comes our way, well, we will always come victorious out of it because God is a victorious God. And on the other side of whatever it is that we're facing, we see victory and we will experience victory. Okay, so when we are faced with trials, ours is not to fear, ours is not to be anxious, ours is not to be insecure, ours is not to be hopeless, but ours is to come in the opposite spirit and say, God, you've got this. I am yours. I can stand and watch you move in this trial. Amen. The second thing that we see or um, about trials in this passage is that they exist to test us, yeah? They really, really, a trial exists to test us and especially to test our faith. Trials come to test our faith, not to give us faith because we know the word of God says that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, yeah? But what, what trials do is they test our faith. We need to always remember that Satan is after our faith. The devil is after our faith. If he can quench our faith, if he can steal our faith, if he can make us a faithless people, then he has succeeded. And as a result, he will throw things our way to make us be in that place where we start questioning whether God really exists. You know, um, just because Jesus died on the cross and he made everything that the Father has made available for us, accessible to us, doesn't mean that we're going to get it, <laughs> that we're just going to get it without a fight. The devil is constantly opposing, he's constantly fighting us because he doesn't want us to have what the Father has for us. He's after our faith. I mean, when we look in, in, in the Bible, we'll see great men and, and of God that were called, and we will see that 
for most of them, there was a level of suffering. There was a level of just being um, experiencing things that were not so great in their lives. When we look at Job, we, we can really, really see how the devil was after Job's faith. Um, we see how he even went to God to say the only reason why Job is so righteous and he honors you and he does all the stuff for you is really because you've blessed him so much. So take away everything that you've given him and let us see if he will still continue serving you faithfully. So the aim is really to discourage us and to hinder our relationship with God by making life difficult for us as we've seen what happened in Job's life. I mean, he lost everything. He lost his family, he lost his children, he lost his property, he lost his um, his, his, his livestock. And you know, it's, it's bad enough to lose everything that you had, but to actually also end up on a bed with boils or sores all over your body that make people look at you and wonder, what is the sin that you've committed? It must have been so great for you to end up in a place like this. But we see that Job was righteous. It's not that he was sinning. It's not that he was living a law, uh, lawless life, but Satan was after his faith. And often you'll see that the, the, the righteous, um, they're the people that, that, that Satan is really after because he's after their faith. And, 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 and we see it in, in Job's case, the way, where he was in, in this very humbling situation where if he didn't have that faith and assurance in God to say, it doesn't matter what happens to me, I know that God is still who he says he is. He is faithful. He is good. I'm not going to curse him and die like everybody else is saying. And today we, we really see, I mean, I personally have experienced people just becoming very disappointed in God, becoming very disillusioned and just deciding, you know what? Um, I don't want to do this Christian thing anymore because I thought God was going to do this for me and I thought God was going to do this for me, but I'm, I'm just experiencing the opposite and I don't, I don't know if, if, if I can handle this anymore, you know? And sometimes these things happen, but we need to be convinced that God is who he says he is and we must not allow the trial to make us better, but we must allow the trial to make us better. God did not call us to a, to a, a storm-free life, but a storm-proof life. So we will, we will experience all sorts of things, but we need to know that in the midst of all these things, God will overcome. So the devil is after your faith. The question is, will you come out with greater faith out of the trial? Or are you going to come out lukewarm? Are you going to come out doubting God? Are you going to come out feeling so battered and beaten up that you never want to experience something like that again and you're not going back there? Is it going to be a thing of once bitten, twice shy kind of thing, you know, and, you, and you're shrinking back? Or are you going to continue standing? So the devil is after our faith. But we need to remember, though the devil is after our faith, God is after our growth. The thing with God is he's not, he's more interested in our growth than he is in our comfort. You know, <laughs> you'll be amazed at how many Christians come to God for comfort. Yeah. And it's good. But if with God, it's not really about the car that we want to drive, the house that we want to own, the, 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 the job that we want. It's more about serving him and, and becoming more like Christ. So he allows the trials to come our way 
because he knows we're going to grow. Because remember, it doesn't catch God off guard, but he will allow it because he knows in it, we discover who we are. We grow in the, in the, in the child. So his thing is, my children will grow through this. He knows what is placed inside of you and I. He knows that he's given us everything that we need to overcome the trial. It's just about us stepping up and really allowing ourselves to be what God needs us to be in that moment and allowing God to be God in that moment and overcoming the trial. In Job 23 verse 10, it reads, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. So the question is, will we come forth as gold? Will we come forth as gold? Will we grow? Will we increase? Or will we allow the, the, the devil to steal our faith? Um, we've seen in the life of David, though he was anointed by God, he was called of God. He went through so much. I mean, one minute he was anointed, the next minute he's living in caves and spending most of his life um, running from Saul. And it was really only 20 years after he was called that he was able to reign over the entire Israel, okay? If we look at Paul, the great apostle of the Lord, there's so many accounts of how he suffered um, in everything that he was doing as he's serving God from being shipwrecked to being stoned to being whipped to experiencing all these hardships, but he didn't allow that to steal his faith. He continued going strong. He continued serving God. He continued following God and he continued doing the work that God has called him to, be, to do. So the devil is after our faith, but God is after our growth. The third point we see in this passage is that trials help us grow. James 1 verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish his work so that you may be mature. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature. God is interested in his sons and daughters becoming mature in him, reflecting his glory on earth, becoming more like his son, Jesus, who grew, um, in, in, who, who, who displayed the, the glory of God or who was God himself here on earth, who's living inside of us. So he is more interested in that sun radiating through us. So when we're going through trials, it's really these difficult moments are an opportunity to say, am I going to let Christ shine brighter or am I going to give the enemy his glory? Um, so it's really important um, in, in Romans 5, verse 3 to 5, it reads like this, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, you will never know, you and I will never know what we're capable of doing until we're stretched beyond what we thought was our limit. If I was standing with a rubber band here and I stretch it and I stretch it and I stretch it, only when I stretch it as far as it can be stretched will you be able to say, oh my goodness, I didn't know that it had that durability to go that far. And that is what trials do in our lives. When we are tested, when we go through uh, the furnace of affliction in our lives, we actually realize just 
how, how, how powerful God's grace in our lives is, in our lives is, and just how, how great God really is because He is able to help us overcome the worst of situations. So we will not know what, how, how strong our faith is or how strong we are unless we're tested. And the same with when it comes to God. We, we won't know what God is capable of doing in our lives unless He gets those opportunities. You know, as Christians, we're invited into a life of experiencing long life experience with the Father. Christianity is about knowing and experiencing the Father here on earth. It's not just the mental ascent thing where I know God, I know what He's capable of doing, but I never got get to see what this God can do in my life. So when we are being tested, we grow in knowing the potential that we have, what God has placed inside of us, and we grow in becoming more like Christ and understanding just how big this God is that we're serving. So, so that's really what trials do in our lives. And, and there are a number of things that we can look at and, and just see what trials really do or, or where they help us grow. So there are various areas in our lives that trials can help us grow in. The first area is that of obedience. We learn in Hebrews uh, 5 verse 8 um, that Jesus himself learned obedience through suffering. That it was such a difficult moment for him to go to the cross, uh, so so painful that he was sweating blood and he was crying out to the Father and he said, Father, if it at all is possible, remove this cup from me. But nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. So in trials, we learn to be obedient to the Father as we're faced with different hardships that will want us to make different choices from what God expects us to do, but we will choose what God wants us to do in those situations. So we learn obedience. We learn to love. We learn to love God more. We learn to love our enemies better. We learn to love our neighbors. You know, when, 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 when that trial, you know, sometimes we think uh, trials are these hardships out there, but sometimes it can just be a person that really, really makes your life difficult at work, you know, or maybe even a difficult marriage. It can be that one person that keeps doing the same thing over and over that is testing your love. It's testing how far you can go. So when, when you're faced with this challenge in front of you, you actually allow yourself to grow in love because you're saying, I'm not going to respond the way the world expects me to respond. I'm not going to respond the way the enemy wants me to respond, the way the flesh wants me to respond, but I'm going to respond the way God wants me to respond. And that is loving this person, even though they may not seem worthy of my love. This is serving this person, even though they don't deserve us. This is going the extra mile. I'm going to go the extra mile for this person, even though I don't feel like they deserve um, what I have to offer. Another place that we really see trials help us grow in is growing in humility. And this we can really see so clearly in Paul's life. He mentioned uh, in um, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 10, he speaks about how um, they, he had this thorn in his flesh, which was actually a, a messenger of Satan that was tormenting him. And you know, when you're being tormented, it's not just, oh, he's just slapping you around. It was really something that, 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 that was really painful for Paul. So much so that he said he pleaded with the Lord, 
Pleading is not just, just saying, God, please help you. It's crying out to God. It's saying, Lord, remove this affliction from me. Please, Jesus, I can't. And he says that he pleaded three times with the Lord to remove this thorn. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient, which means God didn't remove it. His grace is sufficient for Paul in that trial. And the way he starts off is by saying that he, he was given this thorn to keep him from being conceited. Isn't that amazing? You know, sometimes when in our walk with God, we can be very proud. We can be very haughty. We can be very, you know, but, but God wants us to be people that are broken, not broken in that we're a mess, but people that, that have come under the harness of God that he can mold, that he can shape, and he can use easily. If our will is stronger than what God wants to do, we need to learn humility. And sometimes the best way for anyone to learn humility is coming, is going through hardship. I mean, if you just can think of people who probably had it all, they were very gifted, they were very talented, they were very wealthy, and they were just like, um, they felt like, they're on top of the world. Maybe this could even be you yourself. That is where, how you felt until you experienced some sort of difficulty in your life that made you start thinking, oh my goodness, I'm not all that that I thought I was because the, 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 the idea is that we think less of ourselves and more of God and, and, and allow God to be glorified in our lives. We don't glorify ourselves. We glorify the Father. We realize that the reason why we can get up to these good things, the reason why we have this amazing stuff in our lives is not because we're such great, amazing people, but it's because God is amazing and he desires to boast through us. And therefore he makes wonderful things happen in our lives. Otherwise, um, we can take glory for ourselves. So we see in Paul's life that he also had that. He had that thorn in the flesh um, that tormented him to keep him from being um, uh, conceited. Um, and one thing that I've spoken about so much that, that a child's help us grow in is in perseverance, to endure, to be able to, to, to continue going strong irregardless of what we're faced with. You know, what trials really do is they, they, they help us grow in our, in our spiritual muscles. We're building muscle. With every trial we're coming out, we know that on the other side is victory. But while we're waiting for the victory, we, we, we are, we are keeping the right attitude. We are declaring. We are, we're standing in faith. We are expectant of God. Even though we feel that suffering, we feel the pain. We, 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 we may be weeping night and day in our homes. Nobody sees what's happening at night, but we know that on the other side, there is victory. And when we come out of that trial, we come out stronger and better. That is God's heart. We grow in revelation. We grow in understanding. We become mature. We, we, we are in a place where God is constantly wanting to build character in us and we need to allow him to do that. And the trials are really a great thing to, to do that in our lives. So another thing that we grow in is patience when, we, when we're faced with trials, eh? We learn patience, we really learn patience through trials and tribulations and difficulties and suffering. And learning patience is good because it's not always just for us, it's actually learning to be patient with other people when they're experiencing difficulties. You know, when you haven't experienced certain things in your life, it's very easy to 
to not have grace for other people, to not understand why they're going on like this or why they're in that situation or why, why it's dragging or anything like that. But, but when you experience trials, you have a greater understanding of what it means to wait on the Lord and trust God and allow him to move. And you extend that even to others. You, you're patient and waiting for them as well, standing and ex, uh, being expectant to see that God will come through for them in the child that they're with, you know? So you really learn that it, a, a Christian's life is not just about naming and claiming it and taking it and, and just getting everything that you want falling to your lap, but it's really a life of growing as we're pursuing that which God has made available for us. And the last thing that we can take from this passage is that we are overcomers. Remember in the beginning I spoke about how our attitude will determine our altitude? How we come out of this trial will determine, I mean, how we, we enter this trial and how, how we, we, we view the trial will determine how we come out of it. So we know that we are overcomers. Therefore, we will overcome in the trial. We will come out strong. We will be successful because God is a successful God. So when we look, or, or He wants us to be successful, rather, when we look, when we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, and what he's doing, we know that we'll come out stronger on the other side and that we will overcome. Jesus said in John 6 verse 33, he said, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We will have trouble. We will have tribulation. There will be suffering in this world. But he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. And because Jesus has overcome the world, we will overcome because the one who's overcome is living inside of us. Amen. Isn't that wonderful to know that the one who's overcome is living inside of us. Therefore, we are overcomers. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 18, it reads, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our light and moment, momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far, far, far outweighs them all. So the troubles that we're, uh, that we're experiencing, these um, the, the, um, sufferings that we may be experiencing right now, we, they, the glory that is be behind them, that is beyond them is so much bigger compared to the sufferings that we are suffering at the moment. And this is Paul speaking. And if you can just imagine the amount of suffering that he experienced, and he's saying it's a light suffering. These are just momentary problems. What is ahead of him is far more glorious. Obviously, he's looking forward to being united with the Messiah and living in the fullness of the kingdom of God. Amen. So, what we're experiencing here is very little compared to the glory that is awaiting us, not just beyond the actual trial now, but even in the end of age, that we are called to uh, persevere. As, as we're facing one trial at a time, we're persevering, and we're persevering in our long life that, or our life that God has given us here on earth to see the end. We triumph in the end and to see uh, the glory that awaits us in the end. And we'll see here in James 1 verse um, 12, he says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised 
to those who love him. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. When you persevere under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised. Friends, there is a crown that is awaiting for us behind every trial that we're facing. And even at the end of age, there is a crown that is waiting for us because sometimes we push far here on earth, but somewhere along the line, we get tired. And I personally know Christians that have really become tired. They've just become tired of fighting. They've become tired of persevering. They've become tired of fighting the good faith, even though we know, friends, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. The devil does not go on holiday. He's not going to go on holiday. He's always looking for an opportunity, looking for a moment to wear us out and to take us out of the game. But we need to be strong in God and we need to persevere and we need to move forward. We need to allow God to carry us as far as he will. And he will carry us, but we cannot give up. Don't give up. There is a, quitting is not your portion. Okay, so whatever it is that you're faced with this morning, whatever it is that is really making you feel like you're in a furnace of affliction, there's just so much happening, don't give up. God does not give up on us. So we should not give up. We should continue. We should continue running this race, continue um, going forward for God. 1 Peter 5 verse 10 says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore. He will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. God himself will restore, he will confirm, he will strengthen, and he will establish you. Remember what happened to Job? It was a terrible trial that he experienced, so much so that he, he didn't even, he probably didn't want to love his whole body. He probably was just, disgusted with himself, just the way he looked on that bed, you know. And people were saying, there's no hope. Why don't you just curse God and die? And that's what his wife was even saying to him. You know, it, it was really terrible. But what happened afterwards when he stood, when he would not dare say anything opposite of what he knows um, about God? After the trial, he was restored. Just as we read in the scripture, he was restored he, back a lot more than what he was before, okay? He was in a much better state than he was in before. God, God brought back everything that the devil had stolen from him. We need to understand and to know that what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around to God for good. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. You may look at it today and say, Pastor, you don't know how bad my situation is. It may be as bad, as bad, and as dead as dead, but God, our God, our great God, will make it better. He will turn it around no matter what. Just don't give up, stay focused, and stay looking to the God that answers. And yeah, so it, it's, it's really just important for us to remember the God that we serve. So yeah, trials, though they may not be pleasant, friends, they do a lot for us, more than we, what we can ever imagine. So it's always great to enter into a trial with a winner's mindset and knowing this too will, will pass, knowing that we will learn lessons. And on the other side, 
this glory that awaits for us on the other side of the child. Amen. So I want to pray for us this morning. The first prayer I want to do is for those that are listening this morning and you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior. He's the only one that can help you overcome the trials, the tribulations, the suffering, the, the, the problems that you may be faced with this morning. So without him, really, nothing great can come out of whatever it is that you're faced with right now. So I want to pray with you this morning. Um, just yield your heart to the Lord and just allow him in right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I bring myself before you. I surrender my heart to you. I welcome you into my life to be both Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross, for forgiving my sins and giving me new life. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. When you pray that prayer, you're born again, you've given your life to the Lord, and you're up for an awesome adventure with Jesus. And for the, I also want to do a second prayer just for those that are really faced with difficulty right now. You feel like you're in the furnace of affliction. You feel like, I just want to give up. I can't do this anymore. I don't know if I'm going to come out strong. Your faith has been kind of just quenched. The enemy has really been throwing water on your faith. You feel like the fire is dying this morning. God wants to restore that. He wants, he wants you to get up again and to run the race that is set before you. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for faith to increase, faith to increase, faith to increase in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And right now in Jesus' name, I just declare light, oh Father God. May the eyes be open to see who you are in this situation, oh Father God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we will not just see how bad the situation is, but we'll see how big our God is and that you can turn around this situation. In Jesus' name, oh Father God, I thank you for faithfulness. I thank you for steadfastness. I thank you, Father, for faith to arise, oh Father God, that once again we'll be expectant of great things in our personal lives and in our nation, in our families, oh Father God. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so that's it for uh, this morning. May God bless you and may you have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead of you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.